Today's podcast is brought to you by Auto Conversion. B2B companies are faced with a multitude of challenges today when it comes to sales and marketing. The perpetual need to be creating demand will almost never subside. But with so much noise in the marketplace, how can your company's message cut through and reach your target audience? At Auto Conversion, we have a way. Through conversations and relationships, we help our clients form, package, and deliver their branded messages in unique ways that create awareness, spark interest, and drive demand. Find out how in our brand new B2B Demand Generation Quick Start Guide, which you can download free today at www.autoconversion.net or by texting ACB2B to 555-888. That's ACB2B to 555-888. If you aren't growing your business, then your business is shrinking. Get the free guide today. Hey, we got a good show lined up for you today. Oh, well, I'm a Game of Thrones nut, so that's, that's, that's my jam. The robots are listening. The robots are listening. Well, listen, um, we're live on the air, so uh, say hello to, uh, to YouTube land if you like. Hey, everybody. Um, we, are, we are right here, uh, AC on air. Today is Wednesday, the 29th of May, actually. And I've got, I was just talking with Eric Milch. And you've got James Klaus up here from Dealer Teamwork. So welcome, guys. Great to have you here. Thanks for having us, Ryan. Really appreciate it. So we were just kind of looking at some of the show notes that we plan on talking about. And we were talking about a piece that was in one of Eric's articles. He does a uh, predictions for the auto industry uh, every year. So we're going to bring that up in a few moments. But happy hump day, everybody. And uh, happy international put a pillow on your fridge day. Uh, that is uh, our our special special day today. You, you know what, guys? When I was doing some research and I put a link in the show notes I sent you, um, I found a post from Dealer Fire from 2013 uh, about uh, put a pillow on your fridge day. I don't know if you caught that. Let me see if I can get it. I did, I, I did see that. I, I, <laughs> I heard about it before, but I honestly don't remember what it references. <laughs> Um, here, let me put it up right here. There you go. So 2013, I've never even heard, I've never even heard of put a pillow on your fridge day. Uh, but legend has it that, uh, before refrigerators, it was traditional to put a cloth in the cooler, in the larder as a, for one day on May 29th for, as, as basically, uh, to spread good luck within the household. And that's led to today of put a pillow on your fridge day. Pretty weird, huh? I like it. <laughs> it's interesting. I think, I think Eric of anybody would appreciate putting a pillow close to his refrigerator. <laughs> that, that's the optimal setup for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, good stuff. So listen, um, here we are. We do this uh, once a week. So welcome back. If you're watching the live stream, maybe you're listening on the podcast. Great to have you here on the podcast. Maybe you're watching the video replay. If you have not done so yet, get out your phones, text the keyword auto converse to six, four, six, zero, zero. And uh, we'll send this show to your phone uh, five, 10 minutes before we go live. If you can't make the live stream, that's fine. You can always catch the video replay on your own time. 
Shouts out to our guests last week. We had Dane Seville from Reunion Marketing. James, I think uh, you probably have a little rapport with Dane. You know him, right? Love, love Dane. Love those guys. <laughs> Congratulations to our friends at Reunion Marketing on their fourth year anniversary. We are uh, they're buddies of ours. We we pal around. We joke around. We are great people. Uh, actually, uh, we were actually on your show at uh, Innovative Dealer Summit. Yes. Well, Dane didn't sit in on that. It was yeah, you Chad. And Chad. Was on it. it was Chad. You and Chad. Now that I think about it, was it. fun because we got to talk about you know vendors can get along, vendors can work together. So it was really nice that you know you can see two companies that compete that do it the right way. Sure, there's room for everybody. Yeah, because no one there, no one is for everybody. That's that's for sure. Um, so shouts out Dane for being on last week. Also had Stefan Ferry from Flex Drive. Uh, we kind of did a double header for the first time. So talked with Dane about uh, KPI Cafe, and then we talked with Stefan uh, at Flex Drive about um, the, uh, their partnership with uh, with Lyft and a couple of other announcements that they had. So you can catch that guys on the podcast. Uh, that is out there. Just go to autoconverse.com forward slash podcast. And thanks to everyone who has already registered so far with the Auto CX Summit series coming up next month as well. More on that later. So Eric, James, a um, couple of things. So you guys have some neat stuff going on at Dealer Teamwork. Eric and I had a really good conversation about a month ago and you were filling me in, Eric, on your kind of your evolved, your enhanced marketing strategy there at Dealer Teamwork. And I said, we got to get you on the show because I am always looking for not just, you know, future tech or, or you know, or technology and industry stuff, which we're going to talk about, but also looking for things that companies are doing as well, particularly in the space. That's why we had Dane on because Reunion mm -hmm. Marketing is doing KPI Cafe. Um, so really looking forward to that. But first things first, uh, Jeff Bezos uh, was just featured in an article talking about how fascinating he finds the auto industry and he's looking forward to participating in it. And I, that comes up so often is what's Amazon going to do in the auto business. Um, Eric, what are your thoughts on Bezos's comments? Uh, and, and kind of what, what's your take on that? Yeah. The, first off, thanks for having us on, Ryan. You, you, you do a great job with this. And I love your philosophy of you know, bringing the new stuff to the community too. So with that, much like we've done at Dealer Teamwork, address the problem of how are companies, dealerships obviously, uh, how are dealerships addressing the, the problem of lead generation? Okay. It's a very simple problem. It's a, it's a huge problem. And much like us, I would like to say that Bezos probably is thinking the same way. I don't have all the answers, but I'd, I, I don't think that Bezos wants to sell cars. I think he wants to help create sales opportunities. And that's how we like to position ourselves as well. So he's already, already demonstrated that with his model. You know, Amazon does a great job of creating uh, sales opportunities, not only for, uh, you know, for basically anybody that wants to sell something on the platform. Uh, again, very similar to what we're trying to do at Dealer Teamwork, you know, creating a, a, a unique, customized, dynamic platform that allows you to, you know, allows you to be able to reach more people to, uh, to generate leads. You know, and that's, that's essentially what he's going to do, in my opinion. He's not going to sell the car directly. He's going to create a whole new channel or, or conduit for the OEMs to be able to do that in a much simpler, 
uh, more cost effective and uh, you know much more you know, user friendly manner. You know, that's my thought. What do you think, James? Um, well, we all know, you know, Amazon, Hyundai. Hyundai was the first uh, manufacturer to put vehicles on Amazon. Why? Because you can buy the car within two clicks. I don't think anybody's bought a car on Amazon yet. But I think Hyundai is coming. But yeah, I mean, one thing that was pointed out to me, actually, Ryan, and uh, this actually happened at the uh, Colorado Innovative Dealer Summit that we were both at, uh, was during a presentation, someone pointed out that Amazon does want world domination. They want to be, you know, the for, on the forefront of everything retail. And if you notice the Amazon logo, the smiley face actually goes from a for total world domination. So it wants to own the whole market. So do I think Amazon will be a player? Yes. Will Amazon sell a car? Probably not. But they will be, like Eric said, probably a, a helpful guide to OEMs, particularly in getting their, their models out there, getting their new cars out. I think it's safe to say, Ryan, that the you know a lot of people might agree with this that the the entire dealer model, the OEM distribution model, retail model, that's 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 a broken model in my opinion that it needs to change. Mm-hmm. You know, the, you know, if you look at, I think last year Tesla, you know, they had about five percent of the market. Yeah, you know, and I just shared an interesting uh, data visualization. Actually, I think it was last night or this morning on LinkedIn that shows the rapid rise from 2012 to today of just not not only just Tesla but you know, electric plug-in. And you look at that rise, uh, you know where you know how quickly these you know the amount of cars uh, you know are are you know, are part of that. Just and obviously Tesla as a main portion of that. What percentage of their you know of their sales coming from this? this different distribution model, we'll call it at that. So I, I think it's, I think it's natural, at least for a lot of us that are in the auto retail business, when we think of Amazon, we just think of Amazon selling cars, but they're playing in other ways. So for instance, and this is mentioned in the article, uh, you know, last, um, was it last year or two years ago, they invested into Aurora, which is a self-driving tech startup. And that's run by former execs from Uber, Google, and Tesla. And then most recently, they've invested into Rivian, which is known for electric trucks. So, you know, Amazon, like you said, James, focused on world domination. They bought a brick and mortar, right? They bought Whole Foods. I I wouldn't be surprised if Amazon buys, you know, maybe not AutoNation, but buys a large conglomerate. But, but, until then, or if, if then, they're investing and they're getting involved with the mobility industry in other ways, I wouldn't be surprised to see them in the mobility as a service business because that's what Amazon is about. It's about concierge and convenience. So you know, that's, that's a great point, Ryan, because when you think about one thing that Amazon's done very well, yeah, asterisks, I don't know, think they're making money on this yet, but think about what they figured out how to get the product to the consumer, how getting the product to the consumer. So if Amazon can help automotive retailers figure out how to get their products to consumers in a very easy way, in a very easy way, even if it's just uh, delivering a prospect to a dealership and the dealership can then go to the customer's home and show them the vehicle in an Amazon-esque way in the comfort of your own home, that's where I feel they could really, really help. So you really know it. Maybe Carvana would be, uh, be the right fit for them. Uh, you know, uh, was it last week? Yeah, two weeks ago, 
we had Dave Weber on from Relay Cars. And if you're not familiar with Relay Cars, they have a virtual reality and augmented reality apps for consumers to shop for cars. By the way, Eric, whenever I hear augmented reality, I always think of you. you? Why why is that? um, For some reason, early on when when AR kind of was a started to become a thing. I was trying to blog about it and you were the only one out there that showed any interest in AR. And I was, I think you had done some piece on it. Maybe you include it in one of your prediction posts, but from that day on, whenever I think it, whenever I see AR, you come to mind. That's why I was speaking of that. Actually, James, you'll, James, you'll appreciate this. Last night at golf, I used an app. Have you heard about this, James? It's called the golf scope. It's an augmented reality uh, app. So you, you, you pull it up, you use your camera, you mark your ball, and then you walk towards the hole, and then you mark the hole, and it scans the, uh, it scans the, the green. It, it, it reads the green for you? That's yeah, cool. and it shows you the putt. So I, for, and very first one, I actually made it to the green, believe it or not. And uh, I was on in, 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 uh, in three, I think, on a par five, and it was a six, uh, 61-foot putt. And I made it in two. Nice. Yeah, nice. absolutely helped. Absolutely, absolutely helped. Are you writing about making a par? <laughs> well, I'm not a scratch golfer like you, so that's a big Did deal. You're writing about making a par. We'll talk. We'll talk about that offline later. That's a highlight moment for me. Are you, James, are you known as Birdie Man back, uh, back in the office? I, I, I like to make birds. <laughs> I, like, I like to make eagles more, but I like to make birdies. Uh, well, I love AR, man. I just thought you'd appreciate that, Eric, that uh, you always come to mind when I think That's of That's funny. And the Relay Cars app is kind of funny. I was doing it with my nine-year-old, and we were having a blast because you can place, you can pick the car, you can place it anywhere, uh, and you can expand the size and spin around it and get inside of it. So it's just funny. We, like, <laughs> we had a setup where we were inside the car, and then the dog was lying on the ground, so the dog's face is like right there. So it was almost like this giant dog whose eye is right there on the, on the windshield staring in the car. It's pretty wild. You have to see it to believe it. Um, so speaking of selling cars, Costco has, uh, you know, they've been selling cars through their auto shop, auto program, I think since, what, 2015 maybe? But they are now at uh, just under a million cars a year, about three quarters of a million cars a year, increased their business 25% over last year of selling cars. So, you know, unlike Amazon where they got different angles, Costco's, you know, bringing them right there into the, you know, selling right there through the store. James, you brought up a good point. Cause I said, it's a, from what I understand, Costco's not really profiting from selling cars, which does give them a competitive advantage. Yeah. So, I mean, when you think about it, uh, even in 2019, 2020, you know, relationships still matter. People like to go with, with who they trust. And, you know, uh, personally, I have children. I have a six-year-old daughter and a four-year-old daughter, so I'm out of diaper time. But when it was when we were buying diapers at our house, we only bought them from Costco. They, they cornered that market on us. And then we would also buy paper towels from Costco, toilet paper from Costco. So they know the exact hot items for you know, certain individuals and they keep you there and they keep you loyal. And I personally call Costco Benjamins because you can't walk into Costco without at least busting up a Benjamin, if not multiples, but they got that trust. And 
I don't think that the people that buy cars through the Costco buying network really think they're saving money as much as they know that they have a trusted ally with them throughout the process. A lot like a USAA, where USAA is not always the cheapest rate. USAA is not always, you know, the best financing, the best insurance rates, but their customers are extremely loyal, just like Costco customers are extremely loyal. And anybody who sat in a finance office like I used to and has tried to convert people from a USAA or a Costco purchase or whatever knows how loyal those people are to those that have been good to them. You know, Ryan, uh, to that point too, this is a great, this illustrates a great point to the industry itself in terms of un, the dealers need today need to understand not only obviously how buyer behavior is changing, but just the accessibility, the convenience, the, whatever experience it is. And obviously you got a monster uh, destination in, um, you know, in something like Costco. Well, they're playing it right. They're driving people in, you know, they're creating a new lead opportunity, sales opportunity for the dealers that are part of the program. But part of that is that changing behavior and dealers, if, if they're not going to, you're not going to fight a monster like that is my point. You know, there's so many different changes that are happening. I'm not saying it's going to be the end all be all, but the fact that it's happening now, you still have to be able to embrace, you know, test. Google says that all the time. And at this end, on the top of that measure, and if you're not going to do those simple basic processes uh, and elements of any type of marketing effort, and again, we bake that bake, bake, bake that back into everything that we do within our platform as well to be able to continuously test, uh, create obviously you know great uh, you know great experiences, but then most importantly manage that. Does it work? You know, and it's the same it's the same mindset that has to be applied. I don't it doesn't matter if it's Costco, you know what you're doing with us at the Teamwork or with another vendor or even something like TrueCar. You know, they're all everybody has varying opinions on it, but the opinion doesn't really matter unless you've actually you know tried it, tested it, uh, you know benchmarked it, all those good things. So let's use that, guys, kind of to segue into dealer Teamwork, your marketing strategy to connect with dealers. I should clarify, when I was talking about Costco, the program started in 2008, and they sold just over 200,000 cars. So here we are a decade later, they're at uh, more than 650,000. But their key selling benefit is there's no negotiation. It's a fixed price. They've negotiated that with, uh, I don't know if it's local dealers or the manufacturer. I know It's it's local dealers. And Walmart's now in that space too. Right through Car Saver, as uh, one of our uh, uh, audience members pointed out, they just signed up with Walmart to do Car Saver. So, if we, you know, margin compression was kind of a buzzword for the past year. We know that profits or margins in new cars are pretty much gone. So, it comes down to bonuses for dealers uh, and then the used cars and fix ops, fixed ops. So, you know, Eric, where for you guys as dealer teamwork as a provider, and, and maybe get into a little bit of what deal, specifically dealer teamwork does with dealers. What is your your angle with dealers to to carry them into that the near future as it's transforming in front of us? Well, you said something too that sparked a thought too. Just a big red flag. That whole concept of of margin compression. I have to say a lot of that has been precipitated simply by the fact that the, the dealers have, and I've said this for years, they've stacked products on top of more product and they're just simply paying more. And then that leads to a lot of wasted spend, uh, whether it's paid search or just, you know, singular, you know, standalone vendors, that, that's a big driver to that. So that was one of the main things that we, you know, we tried to really pay attention to 
I did our teamwork early on and we still do to this day is how can we help solve these major problems? Look at the changing landscape of, uh, you know, of the industry. You know, everybody can remember back, we had the, what we called the connected economy. And now I've coined this term for us in terms of being in this dynamic personalized economy. That's exactly what we're participating in. People expect the, the content to be there, you know, immediately. They want it to be personalized, especially when you're looking to buy something. I don't care what product it is. People want to know how much. If you're going to finance it, they want to know how much that payment's going to be. But what do we do? We go to our little handheld computers. We search for something and we expect that answer right away. And we've been able to simply adopt that philosophy within our customized platform again to be able to put the, the ease of use to be able to add relevant dynamic content into our platform and easily send it out and share it and publish, you know, publish it, syndicate it, whatever you want to call it, to be able to push it out to customers anywhere, anytime you know, on any device and be able to make that very easy process, uh, a very easy process for dealers because what's the biggest problem they have? It's merchandising their vehicles in real time with transactional you know, pricing and data. So that's, that was the concept that we, you know, that we, you know, we tried to embrace and that's what we've been able to, uh, you know, to really, really push forward in terms of saying, look, old school marketing is over here. That's what we were doing. A lot of people don't really understand, unfortunately, with the problems they've experienced basically, Ryan, because the, the technology didn't exist. And we created something brand new. It's patented. Nothing else like this exists. And so we've been able to, you know, really take some time to, uh, you know, to educate dealers on this. So that that's where we've that's where we've come, and that's what that's the message that we're trying to get out there. That you know, there's old school marketing has got to stop. Now we're looking at a, a new world of uh, this dynamic, personalized economy. And this is the way that you can operate faster, easier you know, eliminate the wasted spend and create more sales opportunities with a unique tool like this. Now on your website, you have MPOP. Is that what you're referring to? MPOP. So that's our, that's our branded name for that. So James, I'll let you talk about the MPOP. MPOP, Ryan, in in short, it was, uh, that's, that's our marketing designation for the platform. We were new. People didn't know us. We had to brand ourselves, and it was a brilliant idea. And you know, you know, Sean Sean Stapleton helped with that initially as well. And we wanted to be able to create something to get somebody's attention to be able to understand, you know, understand what it is. So with that, I'll, I'll, I'll turn it over to James, and he can talk a little bit about more about what the actual what the MPOP does. And he's a perfect resource for that. You know, I don't know if a lot of people know this. James was one of our first dealers on it as well. Loved it so much. Packed up his family, moved to Minneapolis, and. Uh, you know, now he's you know, one of our one of our major rock stars in the company. So, James, yeah. So, so start by defining what does MPOP stand for. Yeah, MPOP is, stands for a merchandising personalization optimization platform. Okay. A lot of big and fancy words that you know, we always joke that if you see Sean, our CEO Stapleton, if you see Stapes out in public, ask him to spell MPOP and spell it out. <laughs> It's always a, a fun activity to do. Um, so, but what it does is literally the name. So we merchandise, personalize, and optimize a dealer's products and services for search engines, for social media, for email campaigns. So the reason I was drawn to dealer teamwork, which will kind of tie into what exactly we do was, I remember a specific conversation I was having with a very, very good friend of mine, Cody Jerry. And Cody at the time was doing a lot of SEO for my dealership. He works for a company called Search Engines MD, big fan of them. Um, and I was looking at our paid search and he wasn't my paid search vendor at the time. 
And I was seeing high balance rates. I was seeing abandonment rates on our sites. And I'd look at my social campaigns. And I do a lot of videos and those types of things for social targeted posts. Um, and I was noticing high abandonment rate on the sites from those. And I, I was talking and I said, why don't I have a spot on my website that's built to capture the traffic from these marketing campaigns? And he goes, have you heard of dealer teamwork? And not maybe 20 minutes later, I get a call from Stapleton. I don't know if his ears were ringing or what was going on. And he was like, you got to try my new platform. And I did. And it created all the pages I needed on my website to increase engagement. So when they saw a social media campaign that had maybe a Ford F-150 Shelby offer, like a super fancy high-end truck, and I take them to an inventory page, well, they bounce. But when I took them to a customized landing page that was built on the dealer URL with proper proper optimization and offers, all of a sudden they were converting, they were calling, and all that wasted spend started going away. So I freaked out, got really excited, um, showed this to everybody in my 20 group. And the next thing you know, I'm with the Ford Dealer Council and FDAF meetings traveling all over the Pacific Northwest showing off this MPOP thing. And I'm a dealer. It wasn't even my product. And that's when I decided to move my family across the country because it was going to be But it allowed us to push out via email, push out via paid search, push out via social media, paid and organic ads, and then to create a long-term sustainability on your site by driving traffic to optimize landing pages that then rank, boost your SEO value, increase your organic entrances, and really evolve with the times, which is really, really fun. So personalization is really the, the, the kind of the, the essence or the foundation of MPOP. And it's about getting personalized content distributed to the right person uh, and at the right time so that it's personalized and relevant. Yeah, and then think and think through more than just getting the, the the click or getting them to visit your site. What do they want to see when they get there? Think about user experience. Yeah, got this in automotive. We, you know, Google says in their rules match your ads to landing pages. Unfortunately, no one matches their ads to landing pages. So we broke it on you know rule number three. We couldn't get right in automotive. I don't know why. Probably because it required a four letter word. Work. You know, landing pages is a lot of work. So solve that problem and then boom, just massive growth. Um, obviously, we're very blessed. So we're very happy. And then we're constantly evolving. Like, I don't think it goes 10 minutes in my office without somebody jumping in from our development department, from our strategic department, um, from anyone with a new idea. And it's, what are we going to do on Facebook Marketplace? What are we doing with Facebook retargeting? What are we doing with, you know, catalog ads? What's producing more, the model-specific landing page or the leaderboard page? And we're constantly A-B testing and evolving, which our dealers love because we're always coming to them with fresh ideas. You know, Ryan, it comes back to that concept I said before of, you know, how what are dealers actually doing to generate their leads? And there's a big difference that, that, that I'd like to make sure that the community uh, understands is that, again, you, you have platforms that you can build upon or you, you have these standalone products and again, that not knocking anything. It's just there's a lot of these individual, uh, you know, a lot of these individual products that are just bolted onto the website. They may help with some type of conversion, but you're still not addressing the problem that the dealers face with regards to how are we going to generate the lead. That goes all the way back to how you started the original call, the, the original video, Brian, with regards to 
uh, you know, how, how are we going to generate leads, you know, using something like Costa? You know, that's, that's the main thing that every dealer needs to address. How are you going to be able to create leads efficiently at scale to merchandise all of your vehicles, make them relevant and make sure that really at the end of the day, what are we doing? We're making enough relevant content that the search engines can find. So it matches whatever the intent or the query is of the shopper because people do what every single day, thousands of times they pick up their phone, they do a Google search to solve a problem, which is answering a question. Well, Google can only answer that question based on how well there's, you know, they can match their, their, their algorithm and their, you know, all the brains behind the scenes to the content that's actually available. Well, as dealers as a whole, we can agree that we're not very good at creating the relevant content, mainly because the tools and the resources never existed before. Sure. So we had to start there. Let's create the tools that allow people to do it faster at scale for all vehicles so that Google has the enough data so that their machine can be fed. Now, Ryan, now we get to the end of that equation. And what happens is the customer goes in and searches for Toyota Camry, uh, you know, lease, finance, whatever it may be. And if they're looking for a lease price, what do they want? They want a lease price. You know, they're, they're looking for an answer to that because there's, you know, Google knows what their intent is. And we've just made it easy for them to be able to create the content, feed the machine so that they can show it to buyers. It's as simple as that. So I, 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 I struggle to make it even any simpler than that unless, unless you have a, a, a brilliant way to, to, to describe that. <laughs> well, let's do this. Um, I love the um, – I, I, we all want to get deeper into that. I do have one very simple question related to dealer teamwork, and then I want to get into your – Automotive Predictions article. Um, we're at the bottom of the hour, so folks, I know I typically do a hard stop at the bottom of the hour, but uh, hang hang with us here because uh, got some. We're going to get into Eric's Automotive Predictions, but uh, just one last question uh, related to dealer teamwork. So, MPOP was that either by name or by concept part of the original? I I think idea behind forming dealer teamwork. Or is dealer teamwork and MPOP today something that you know that you kind of evolved into after you formed the company? No, the dealer teamwork was created initially. And uh, sorry, Ryan, my dogs are barking in the background. If you can hear them, so I'll let James. The MPOP was branded afterwards. It was you know something we created. So James, I'll let you explain a little bit more about that. But too. was the idea behind MPOP as far as a personalized distributed platform kind of turnkey solution was that? Like, let's, was that why you formed dealer teamwork? Um, yeah, I mean, basically we were trying to solve a massive problem. The original idea actually was born out of a dealership. That was one of our original partners or two of our original okay. partners, Dan and Pat, Dan Mandelo and Pat Walker. They created a problem to be able to, they created a, a solution to be able to solve a problem for something that the dealership had. And then at the time it was just a little bolt on you know, solution to be able to uh, build and scale the, the specials. And then from there, we realized, wait a minute, well, there's a lot more to this. And we saw the forest for the trees. And he said, no, you know what? Not only can we create and distribute uh, to the website, what if we connected these other marketing channels? And then once we had that concept, then we built the idea for the, the MPOP. And that's, you know, now it's, an, like I said before, it's an organic platform that just continues to grow and improve with all these great ideas from the entire company. And, and quite honestly, a lot of these ideas you know, it came from people like James, you know, uh, you know, the dealers that use it. 
Well, cool. All right. So good stuff. I'm going to put us right into your uh, 2019, your 15 automotive predictions. Folks, this is something Eric does every year for about the past seven or eight years, I believe. Um, and I'm going to scan through some of the things that he, that he brings up in here. We'll talk about one or two just for a couple of minutes and love to get uh, your guys' feedback. So uh, at the top of the list, we have marketing automation will make everyone happier. Be curious if that's a, if, if you mean that's a myth or a prediction. Um, last click attribution will be put out the pasture. Um, digital retailing will continue to confuse shoppers and vendors. Great subject there. We could do a show out of each of these. Uh, Tesla will add more pressure to the market. Uh, electric vehicle performance will improve. Uh, smart speakers will impact local SEO efforts. We've talked about that on a couple different episodes about voice search uh, specifically. Service conquest campaigns will crush competition and mentally promoting extreme working hours will run its course. That's what we were talking about uh, when we started off the show. So James, what, pick one thing in here that interests you the most. So, so the one that interests me the most that I've never really understood was the concept of bragging about working 80, 90 hours a week. So I come from a retail setting, 16 years retail automotive, working very long hours. And one thing that I learned from all that was it doesn't help. My top producers at my stores that were working, you know, 50 hours a week that were selling 30 cars a month, they work 70 hours a week. They weren't selling anymore. They were just angry, you know, and the, the constant idea, like me and Eric talk about of working all the time, never recharging your battery, bragging that you never took a vacation and bragging that you never take a day off. doesn't play. That's not healthy. It's not the life I personally want. Do I work a lot? Yes, I work a lot. Do, do I have fun with my kids and my wife, my family, et cetera? Yes. So there shouldn't be, that shouldn't be devalued. You know, it shouldn't be devalued when a person takes a day off to spend time with their children. You know, that should be applauded in our society. Man. You know, look at it as a negative. Like, oh my gosh, James took off Thursday to chaperone at the zoo for his kid's field trip. Should be. Heck yeah, I took off Thursday to chaperone my kid's field trip. Because guess what happens on Friday? On Friday, I come in. My batteries are recharged. My why. I was just at Mark Tewart's event in Cincinnati. And we talked a lot about his why. Like, why do you wake up and do this every day? If you never take time to smell the roses, you never take time to you know, spend time with your family, you forget your why and it turns you very angry. Eric and I have had some very long conversations about some things that have happened with Eric over the last year that have changed his lot and changed his whole outlook out in the world. So this whole grind, 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 I don't think the guys that actually grind are really putting it out there and the, the ones that are just, you know, maybe kidding themselves a little bit. The people that are actually grinding and hustling, you don't hear from them. <laughs> Good point. Who's got time to do that all day? I wonder that about social. I mean, people say, a lot of people say to me, wow, Ryan, you're, you're all over social media. And it's funny, I'm always publishing content, but I don't feel like I engage as much as I'd like to on social media because I don't have the time. And I don't know how people have the time to do the things that they do on social media. It's crazy. And here's a simple trick, Ryan. If you want to, you want you want to create the perception of uh, of hustling and grinding. At least do it smart and schedule some posts through uh, Hootsuite or IFTT or whatever, and just 
publish the stuff automatically. That goes back up to the previous uh, prediction up there is, you know, leverage your leverage automation, you know, automate everything. You know, James knows it. I've got the same tweet that's gone out for five years probably every Monday morning at 7.30. Happy Monday, everybody. And there's a bunch of other positive stuff like that. I don't do that every Monday at 7.30. You know, I, I've automated that. And it's a, it's just a simple, ridiculous example, but everybody else can, you know, can learn from those examples too. And I know a lot of people use it, but if you're, if you're going to, if you're going to, uh, you know, personify that, uh, that idea of your hustling and grinding, at least do it smart and automated. <laughs> so when you say marketing automation will make everyone happier, are you being facetious or are you being, no, I'm being, I'm being absolutely dead on serious with that topic. And, and again, that's a, that's a passive play, obviously back to, you know, what we do at, at dealer teamwork because we are a marketing automation tool. You know, we're a very dynamic, easy to use marketing automation platform. So, you know, being able to understand, again, going back to my original concept, Brian, if you're going to try to mar market and merchandise and distribute all of your vehicles, uh, that's physically impossible for a dealer that's probably any more than 25 vehicles in, the, in stock. You know, you can find if you're a small independent dealership, but, you know, you got you get 200, 300, 400 or more cars on the ground. Try doing that. Try building 185 ads, paid ads for each individual vehicle that you have in stock. And then on top of that, try to change the pricing in those ads right. uh, in real time mm -hmm. for every vehicle every single day. It's not humanly possible. So that's what I mean by, you know, people need to understand A, what marketing automation is, B, uh, you know, and what it can do for you and B, you know, you know, what that change means in terms of, you know, changing your old school habits from these manual, uh, you know, hands-on type of approaches uh, to something that's automated that can create much more efficiency. And with that comes obviously more sales opportunities. You want more revenue while also having the opportunity to reduce expenses. Let's put you to the test here. So, to close out the show, electric vehicle performance will improve. I haven't read what you're talking about in here. Why don't you give us the, uh, why don't you give us the, uh, re the, I guess, the summary of what you're getting at here. Yeah, the TLDR on that one is very simply, what's going to happen is the, the, uh, the, the key and the code to uh, uh, battery creation or you know, battery, uh, battery technology is going to continuously improve. And, and that's, the, that's the secret sauce, in my opinion. You know, look at it like this. Tesla is not an automotive company. They're a battery company. As soon as they crack the code on how to make batteries more efficient and more powerful and be able to do them, uh, you know, do it as a business uh, much, more, uh, much more efficiently as well, then they, uh, uh, they will crack the code, in my opinion. And so with that are going to come much more uh, improvements to that entire industry. You know, I, I noted in, the, in there, I, I believe it said that I think they're saying in Germany they're going to, you know, the, the prediction is that the uh, industrial, the uh, combustion engine, internal combustion engine will no longer be produced. Mm -hmm. now, that's, that's a significant change. If we're not going to make combustion engines anymore, uh, well, obviously, let's, we got to look and see and, you know, what, what the, what, what's causing that. So as, these, as the battery technology improves, um, you know, there's another truck I, I mentioned in there. I think it's the Riva, I, I believe. You know, not only that, but uh, it's a truck that will crush Stapleton's Raptor. Uh, it'll make it look like a, a Toyota Camry, but uh, it'll, uh, uh, you know, there's a lot of great things coming. Uh, yeah, the, the Rivian R R1T, crazy, 750 horsepower, zero to 60 in three seconds in a pickup truck, sign me up. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Tesla, you know, I had the uh, blueprint for the dream truck, 
uh, which sounded great in theory, but I don't think he's been able to get the resources behind it. And I think Rivian, isn't that the company we mentioned that Amazon's behind, right? Yeah, yeah I believe so. Yeah. Um, and there's also uh, Thor is out there uh, as well. So I'll tell you what, the trucking industry as a whole, I find is a fascinating place. We just had a guest on uh, a little more than a month ago coming from the trucking industry. You know, you've got self-driving trucks on their way, electric trucks getting, you know, uh, being innovated. There's a shortage of drivers right now, a drastic shortage of drivers. Uh, it's just a, it's a fascinating industry to be in right now. So I think you're spot on with, uh, with this prediction here. And I also noticed in here you mentioned that Tesla is expected to beat out the U.S. luxury brands in the next year. So you're, you're, you're talking about Infinity. I'm sorry, not Infinity. You're talking about... Uh, what Acura, um, Cadillac, and and Lincoln? Who are you referring to here? Yeah, just the U.S.-based brands. Uh, you know, those are great examples of it. They've already, uh, they've actually already beaten certain segments. I, I believe that the Model S uh, last year, fourth quarter, beat all BMW brands, uh, all models combined. Okay. So, little, you know, interesting little tidbits like that that are happening. And then again, you. Know, the industry needs to be aware of this. Um, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of changes, uh, but again, the the opportunity exists for the dealers to be uh, you know one step ahead. Look at the progressive changes that are out there. Uh, you know, there's people like us, you know, trying to help the dealers move ahead. Again, getting rid of that margin compression, doing things a little bit uh, more efficient, help eliminate the wasted spend, and be more effective to create sales opportunities. Uh, you know, at a, at the right price and not just pay. You know, not just throw you know, good money after bad. And that's unfortunately, that's, that's been the dynamic, Ryan. That's, that's what's happened. James, you saw it. I mean, you still see it with the dealers. We do, we do audits weekly for dealers across the country, Ryan. And, uh, and by the way, we'll, you know, we'll, you can, that's something you can offer up to your audience. We will be more than happy to do a free evaluation to demonstrate the differences that we're seeing. Because again, a lot of the dealers might not be thinking the way that we're that we're thinking and seeing the things that we're seeing, and you know, at, at, at the very least, Ryan, the dealer will walk away saying, "Hey, you know what? I never even noticed that before." And that's something that we, you know, we'd at least at least like to be able to you know bring to the surface. So. Great. So why don't you go ahead and, and uh, I guess um, wrap up with that? You're offering to do an evaluation for dealers to to uh, to help them see what. Yeah, we'll show them a few different key points in terms of what are the missing elements of the, on their site. It could be just missing pages, missing uh, you know missing opportunities with regards to landing pages. It could be on-page conversion optimization. It could be just uh, on-page search engine optimization as well. Um, different things like uh, you know, just different things like the content that's being used, the the integration or the rather the lack of integration into a. Um, yeah, into a fully holistic type of uh, marketing approach. You know, I, I, we like to call it an omnichannel approach. So little things like that, I mean, the little things that the dealers may be missing, um, you know, that we'll be able to point out. And again, it, it's it's a very very exhaustive review that we do, and you know, we can offer that out to your uh, to your viewers. And again, it'll if nothing else, I guarantee you. And I take I, I, I challenge somebody to take the offer, and I guarantee you that well, I will be able to pinpoint something that you have never seen before uh, within your own website experience. So, and if I'm wrong, I'll, I'll buy a steak dinner. <laughs> there you go. Nice. Well, good. Well, folks, if you're uh, if you're listening to this now or or you know on the replay, uh, 
take Eric and James up on their offer, let them do an evaluation. I've got the website up here. I hit schedule a demo. You can and uh, tell them you heard about us from, uh, from our show and uh, they'd like that as well. So James, Eric, really pleasure having you on here. I really appreciate it. Welcome back anytime. Obviously, we could, we could be up here for three hours, I'm sure. Absolutely. Love talking to you, Ryan. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Ryan, for having us on. It's a pleasure. My pleasure. Um, so we'll let you guys go. You can go and shut off uh, um, your cameras if you like. I'll do a quick wind down and then, and then uh, just hang tight there. So I'm going to reshare my screen, folks. A uh, couple of things. So we've worked it out with the Thought Leadership Summit summits to extend the 20% off registration through the end of this week. So you still have a couple more days now to get 20% off the uh, one or both of the summits, the Auto CX Summit Series, which are next month in Marina Del Rey. This is uh, one of the hidden gems here in the auto industry, it's the 15th annual customer experience summit. And then there's an analytics and AI summit as well on the 19th and 20th. This is not your typical uh, uh, industry event. There's, um, there will be a tech expo, a small tech expo. As you can see, the Audi e-tron will be on display there, uh, highlighting Amazon's in-car voice system. Lexus uh, has a reality, mixed reality holographic display. Digital Airstrike will be there demoing Facebook Portal and Oculus Go. But look at the lineup here. Uh, I just mentioned Audi will be there. Amazon will be there. Arian Walker. Uh, you'll have some of the manufacturers that are there. Amer American Honda is there. Cardinal Group. Caterpillar. Ford Direct is there. So check it out. Go to autoconverse.com forward slash TLS. Enter promo code ACTLS19. Uh, to get your 20% off registration by the end of this week. And uh, if you do, and, you, and you'll be there and you register, I have a special offer for you. So just let me know that you did. And thank you to everyone that has already registered uh, through Auto Conversion. We appreciate that. It's uh, definitely helped out our partnership. Uh, just to close things out, uh, as I mentioned, Dane Seville and Stefan Ferry, Dane from Reunion Marketing and Stefan from FlexDrive, we're on last week. Thank you to those guys for our first double header. That was a great conversation, a couple of conversations. That podcast has been released. You can find it on Automotive B2B Strategies and Hyundai Partners Flex Drive. And then two weeks ago, Dave Weber from Relay Cars was on, and that is now published up to AutoConverse. So if you are not subscribed to AutoConverse, get up there now and subscribe. And remember, you can always have the show sent to your phone. Just text the keyword AutoConverse to 64600 and we'll send it to you a few minutes before we go live i'm ryan girardi thanks for tuning in thanks for those that stopped by and said hello while we were live we're going to go ahead and take this offline we'll see you we may not have a show next week just because we kind of need a break uh, but we'll definitely be back on the 12th of june as well take care everyone thank you This is Audiburst Media.